0: experiment 301 is a proud property of the pg content factory a subsidiary of kevin kadeen pierce's excellence enterprises welcome back beloved to another beautiful episode of experiment 301 i'm your host brother beloved also known as kevin k pierce and you know how we're starting off the episode black excellence goes to none other than fred hampton fred hampton was an activist and revolutionary socialist and led the Chicago chapter of the Black Panthers at the age of 21 in 1969. He became so powerful that the FBI identified him as a radical threat which led to his assassination in his own home in Chicago in 1969 as well. A civil lawsuit was filed on behalf of the survivors and the relatives of uh, Mr. Hampton and it was resolved in 1982 with a settlement of $1.85 million. That's an admission of guilt if I've ever heard of one. we just not giving out millions for the sake of things we didn't do. And also one thing he founded was the Rainbow Coalition. He wouldn't find one on his own, he found it with a couple of other people, but most people aren't familiar with what the Rainbow Coalition and the power that it has. In fact, the Rainbow Coalition and members of that were inspired the election of a certain somebody in a certain year to make sure that that went smoothly. So thank you, Mr. Hampton, uh, up in there for doing everything you've done for us. And now let's get into the interview. Welcome back to another beautiful episode, beloveds, of Experiment 301. I'm your hostess with the most his brother, beloved, also known as Kevin K. Pierce. And I got a real special guest in the building with me today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited. I'm always very happy because let me tell you about my friends. I have a lot of really dope friends that are doing a lot of really dope shit. For example, I got one friend, this guy accepted at died school. Got another friend who, like me, is starting his own business and moving and shaking it really well. And then I have my guest today, who recently graduated from uh, my alma mater Stevenson University with a degree with a degree in, a, in a, some of the uh, things called paralegal studies, a little, a little, thing, little thing that involves the law, you know, <laughs> and is on being very successful, has already found a job in her post-grad life and plans on getting more degrees on top of that. So as you see, we're dealing with a very high level of black excellence here. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Miss Natalie Hopkins. Welcome to the show. I'm good, tip. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. The pleasure is all mine, man. The pleasure is all mine. So, I like to start all my interviews the same way. The year is 1998. Yes, sir. And a young Natalie Hopkins is born to who and where?
1: All right. Natalie Hopkins was born to Fred and Judy Hopkins in New Jersey.
0: What part of New Jersey?
1: Summit, New Jersey.
0: Is that north, south? Because we've got a lot of Jersey people on here, and they always make sure to make the distinction.
1: I love the respect. (laughs) Well, Summit is actually still in central Jersey, you know?
0: All right, so we right down the middle. It's like, you know, not a blood, not a crib. We Maybe we're in purple. We call it the Barney yes. Gang on this side. Nice in the middle. Nice and peaceful right over here. So let's talk about early life. What's a young 5-year-old Natalie into?
1: Um, young 5-year-old Natalie did tap and ballet for dance um, for years, actually. And then around age 7, she got into gymnastics and stuck with that up until high school.
0: I was going to ask, because I did not know you did dance and gymnastics. What made you stop in high school?
1: Um, I just kind of wanted to try something different. So I, my freshman year, I was in Color Guard for my high school's marching band.
0: Okay. Um, you, for those that don't know Color Guard, that's not the dancers, the ones with the flags twirling and all the dips and trips. If you've been to an HBCU football game before, you know what I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, basically trying not to hit myself in the head with a metal pole. Always yes. a fun time. Yes. Um, How many times have
0: you hit yourself in the head with the metal pole?
1: Actually, not that many. Okay. Least, you know, after the first like two times, you kind of learn, ow, that hurts. Let me catch it before it hits me. So.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> nice simple math, simple equation, simple equation.
1: You would think, but not for some people. But we, we don't let that go.
0: <laughs> right. We don't got to talk about them all here. We don't got to yeah. talk about it, some people. We talk about the extraordinary. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, yeah, I did that my freshman year, um, started started doing it my sophomore year, but then I got a little sick, so I had to take a little break. And then junior year, when spring came around, I actually started running track for my high school.
0: There we go. So what are we running track?
1: We ran the uh, 1600. And... Oh, you was
0: distance distance. So, oh. oh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, Yeah. Um, not Did a you fun do
0: cross time, <laughs> huh? Did you do cross country as well?
1: No, I actually decided that I hated running competitively. I like it more for my own mental sanity and my own mental health. Okay. but for competition, like time, what? Not my whole
0: The whole racing thing is just not your steve's.
1: Yeah, no, not not my not my thing.
0: All right, understandable, understandable. I ran track for all of, like, two months in high school. I joined my, whatchamacallit? What was I about to say? I joined my track team senior year for two reasons. One, because I needed to get in shape for football going into college. And two, the track coach reversed psychology my ass to no degree. Like, she was my <laughs> gym teacher, and she would be like, man, you ain't going to join no track team. And typing up the uh, number one throw on the team, Devontae, me never throwing a shot put a day in my life is just like 16, 17 year old arrogance like, now you know I can throw me a shot put. Shoot me, I go ahead and throw me out. You know what I'm saying? I got an arm. You feel me? I can make it happen. Now so for what those I'm of you who don't is, watch
1: You played yourself.
0: Oh yeah, I definitely played myself. Definitely played myself. So for those of you who don't oh, not watching the video right now, I just threw my hand like I was throwing a football. That is not how you throw a shot put, ladies and gentlemen. And I did not find that out until the first day of camp. Uh, the track coach looked at me so crazy when I just sat there and threw that joint like Tom Brady and it went nowhere. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I'm sitting there like, y'all messing with me? What's up with the ball? <laughs> <What's up? laughs> Why the ball not traveling? What's
1: going on? Mm, clearly doing well. <laughs> yeah,
0: man, you know, I needless mean, to say, a very humble and My track career was very short. But back to Miss Natalie here. Uh, before we get into uh, Stevenson, so track stops gymnastics talks, so from that point on, we're just all
1: academics. Yes, because I realized that I want to be able to make the best of my future, and that starts with a good college education. So, it was... Senior year, it was all hitting the books, studying, making sure, I'm, making sure I got my shit right.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, I gotta ask, how does Stevenson get into the equation?
1: Honestly, um... It was just because they were one of the schools that bombarded me with letters and emails and all... They were relentless.
0: Now, as someone who worked in Stevenson's admissions office all four years, I was part of the relentlessness. you damn right we were.
1: <laughs> right, so I might even have you to blame for that a little bit.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: But yeah, they were... They just seemed so interested in me. So I said, you know what? All right, fine. I will... You know, I'll keep them in my mind. Uh, I'll add them to my list of schools I'm applying to. And you know what? I'll even go check them out. I'll go down for a visit. I mean, Maryland's not that far, so why not?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, have you been to Maryland before you visit Stevenson?
1: Uh, yes, actually, to visit family members. Really? Which... Okay, so I have
0: family down here before you came
1: down. Yeah, I, I have uh, about four cousins actually located in Owings Mills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it was kind of a family reunion for you.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: That was yeah, that yeah, was just pra- like
1: a perk to go into Stevenson. <laughs>
0: there we go, there we go. Because I always, uh, always am intrigued uh the people outside of Maryland decide I'm gonna go to this city that barely anyone knows in the state in of itself. I'm gonna go to this unknown state and this unknown city to this very small school. I- I'm always curious to how people end up here. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I mean, rightfully so. Even people that I went to school with, they're like, "How did you?" get there. Why did you go there? I'm like, listen. They were pushy, and I liked it. I respected it.
0: <laughs> you respected the hustle.
1: I did. There there was no way I couldn't, you know? Mm. Uh, so, you know, a couple months later, I go on my visit to Stevenson, and the second I stepped foot on campus, I knew I wanted to go there. What was it? Between The student ambassadors, the owls, everybody they had helping out for the open house that I went to, everybody was so hands-on, and they were pumped and enthusiastic, and I know that most of the time, they're, like, they're doing it just because they're getting paid to do it, but you could tell, you could tell that they, they cared about Stevenson, and there was a good reason for them caring, so... There's something in their energy. I don't know. Maybe it was, like, the crack they did before they before they
0: yeah. started. <laughs> I was about to say, I know why I had energy on those open house days. <laughs> I know why I did. And I was there. Because, listen, you can say that you have to pay the people. Uh, and that's why they're so enthusiastic. Every school pays the people who raise that role. So you have to cut the difference somewhere. Like, the difference has to be made somewhere.
1: Yeah, but they just... They were just so, you, they were so passionate about Stevenson. So I just kind of had this feeling like, yo, I, I like the energy I'm getting. I know they're giving me good vibes. I don't feel any negativity here. So far, I'm with it. There and looking back, I don't even remember this, but my parents, both my mom and my dad were with me. And my parents told me that the whole time I was there, I was smiling from the second I stepped on campus to the moment we were getting ready to leave there was never a moment where I wasn't mesmerized by the words the professors or the students were telling me there was never a moment where I didn't want to be there they were it was just so encompassing and it I mean clearly it worked because I graduated three and a half years later so
0: there we go so first of all first of all that's my stunt button, if you don't know. Got to hit the stunt <laughs> button. Always hit, always keep the stunt button nearby. But most importantly, uh, one day I aspire to have Stevenson sponsor this podcast. One day. Because I have all these Stevenson shirts. So I might as well get paid to wear them on camera, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> but I may, I'm may. i sitting there trying to come up with commercials. I may just chop up what you just said and send it to them and be like, can I use that? Like, I know <laughs> I didn't say it but I was there, and I <laughs> yeah. asked a question.
1: You prompted the response, so therefore, I think you should do, I think you should use it.
0: You know what? I think I'm going to use it, too. If not, I'm going to just re-record, say, it, and throw you some credit. We'll work that out there. there. Oh, okay. all the nitty-gritty details. So, how early in your life did you know you wanted to get into the legal field?
1: I believe it was when I was seven years old.
0: Right? Oh, so from the get-go. So, yes. I always hear that there's three types of people they always say need to be lawyers. People who like to argue all the time, people who are good at lying, or the real sneaky ones. Which one of those categories did you fit into?
1: Um, all of the above.
0: <laughs> okay. Expound.
1: So I I mean some of it I'm not I'm not too proud of, you know, the lying and the sneaky, I'm not too proud of that. Um, I mean,
0: but it's not it's a necessity.
1: I mean, yeah. And I always, I most of the time try to use it for good.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, so, I was seven years old, and basically since the day I could talk, I was, I was always looking for an argument with somebody, I was always looking for a debate, a little back and forth, and one day I was at my grandparents' house, and I was sitting in the living room with my grandfather, and, you know, Southern man, grew up in South Carolina, Mm -hmm. raised me with manners, of course, but (laughs) he's... One day I was going I was going at my brother. I don't even remember what for. And my grandfather just turned, he looked at me, looked at my brother, looked back at me, and said, You are gonna be a lawyer one day. And I'm I'm seven. I don't think anything of it. I'm just yeah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But since the day he said that, it's always been in the in the back burner on my mind. It's always been something that at the end of every argument, every debate, every everything I do, it somehow kind of circles back to the moment where he said that.
0: Like so. at the end of your argument, you're like, Good job, Natalie Hopkins Esquire. We did
1: just, we did that. Just a little bit. You know, sometimes you gotta hype yourself up, even if it's not the best argument, you still gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta feel it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta come the best arguments come from emotions and are not based on facts at all. Like that's the that's when you know. The person arguing with you on the other side is super passionate about what they're saying because logic is completely gone out the
1: window. Oh, logic is logic is crap. I, <laughs> logic, no. Facts, okay. Yes, it does help to have a, at least some of them in there. But you got to have emotion and passion behind every argument that you're that you're proceeding with. Otherwise, if you aren't passionate about it, if you're not confident about it, you've got nothing.
0: So I kind of want to go into the breakdown of what makes somebody good at arguing.
1: Well, that, it depends on the person. I mean, generally, I, I personally believe that what makes somebody a good, good at arguing is that, first of all, they're not just talking out of their butt.
0: Yes, um, very important.
1: They need to know both sides of what they're arguing for and against. Uh. No matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad. They need to have information about what they're arguing about, what their topic is. They need to know as much as they can. Another key aspect to somebody being good at arguing, they need to be willing to listen. That is something that- There's
0: a crazy. lot of people who just, who just the record scratch just went off in their head hearing you say that. I know. <laughs> you mean I'm better at arguing by not talking?
1: What? Yes. Because part of what makes somebody so good at arguing is being able to listen to what the other person is saying so that they can tie that back into whatever they are arguing for on their side.
0: Um, So you
1: basically take what they're saying and flip it to use it against them.
0: Using their own logic against them. I love that strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a real big. I think every relationship I've ever been in. If any of my girlfriends see this, they're gonna capital laughing in the next three seconds. I'm a real big. So according to you, <laughs> that's my st- thing. That's, st- that's, st- that's my shit. That's my go-to. Like hold on, hold on, hold on. So if I understand you correctly, that's my that's my go-to. Like mm-hmm. like I'm literally listening to what you say, waiting for you to slip up, like dude from Medicine Society, and I'm going look at you like, no, you fucked up, right? I'm i'm always on it no matter what
1: i mean listen sometimes that's that's the best way to win an argument because they're not anticipating that you're gonna use their own words against them
0: absolutely absolutely so let's go back to stevenson just a little bit uh talk about your journey through the paralegal program there uh struggles ups downs good memories bad memories all the fun stuff
1: all right um so I guess it actually starts on Accepted Students Day before I was even enrolled at Stevenson.
0: You went to the open house and Accepted Students Day?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I, 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 I was, was there. there. Listen, I <laughs> love Stevenson. Let me tell
1: you. <laughs> Listen, I will always be a Mustang. I admit that.
0: There you
1: go. Um, so, Accepted Students Day. That was when I got my first introduction to the whole paralegal studies program. And that was when I actually met the head of the department. Um, I met three current students at the time. I met my faculty advisor. I met a couple of my professors. And they, they made me feel so secure in my decision. And they basically guaranteed me success so long as I was willing to put in the work. I think that is one of the greatest things that they could have done because before i even got to stevenson before i even sat it sat in my first class they kind of gave me not not like a hint but they gave me that confidence that i needed to know that listen as long as i put in my work i take care of my own stuff i'm gonna be good absolutely I always kind of knew that anyway, but it's nice hearing it from someone else.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Eventually, you get tired of your own inner voice, and you just need that confirmation from somebody.
1: Ex- exactly.
0: And on top of that, that uh, summer going into college, from high school senior to college, a lot of thoughts circulate in your brain during those three months. So to hear some reassurance from the people that you're going to be spending a lot of your life with soon, I'm sure that, it was fun.
1: That is a huge fact because I mean, these are the people that I that I was going to spend the next what I thought four years with so it was good for me to you know get my foot in the door get to know them a little bit get to have them know me um and I really think that helped out in the long run but I mean they started me off day one semester one I was taking I think four out of five classes were law-based um and I kind of kept that momentum throughout the rest of my time at Stevenson I I guess looking back on it, some people could say I was a little bit of an overachiever taking between 16 to 18 credits every semester.
0: There is uh, no such thing as an overachiever on this show, damn it. We strive for excellence. Listen, it's I was just striving for
1: greatness, and it just felt natural to me. So I went with it.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. So for those who don't know how the college credit system works, I'm not assuming everyone who listens to this has been to college. I hope that I have a high uh, intelligent fan base however not at college equals intelligence but anyways <laughs> she you told me you voluntarily took more credits than you needed to every semester was that yeah. what the goal of graduating in three and a half years in mind or did you kind of stumble into that
1: i actually stumbled into that um <laughs> i like i said it just felt natural for me to have all of that got like academically going on because i was someone growing up i was always doing something whether it be volunteering at my church whether it be like dance or gymnastics whether it be starting a student section at my high school um student government in high school any of all of that i was always doing something so i didn't want to get to college and then have all this downtime and just kind of sit there and be like okay so now what so i decided to you know, kind of amp up my course load, take as many as I could without paying extra because I'm too broke for that. Um, Very <laughs> So I just did it. And then it turns out, I believe it was my spring advising meeting, my sophomore year, my advisor was sitting down with me and we were just kind of looking at everything. And he sits back and he just goes, huh. I'm like, what? What's wrong? Did I miss something? Like, I'm me being me, I'm like freaking out a little bit. Like, oh my God, I messed something up. I did something uh-huh. wrong. Oh no. <laughs> and he tells me, he's like, he turns, he flips the paper and lets me look at it. He goes, do the math real quick here. I said, oh no, I'm not ready for a math lesson. I'm, I'm not good at that. <laughs> mm. But um, I had completed, I had already completed about 65 percent of everything that i needed to and, and this is halfway
0: through your sophomore year
1: yeah okay yeah um so he just kind of told me he's like do you know what this means of course i didn't at the time but he then further explained to me that it meant that i could i could finish a semester early if i wanted to and i said Shit, yes
0: uh, <laughs> who wouldn't voluntarily save a semester's worth of money in student loans like
1: exactly
0: right like come and on, step i off.
1: mean especially now with everything going on i'm kind of happy i did it um, wow you
0: were supposed to be wait a minute pause oh yes. my god were you supposed to be graduating this may yes i was oh my god i never knew this yo so you're telling me <laughs> Yo, she beat the Rona before it came to her. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I promise this is not like an over-exaggeration for, like, podcast sake. Like, I genuinely didn't. I know we cool and all, but I genuinely didn't put two and two together. Like, I knew you graduated in December. I knew you graduated early. But I didn't piece together that through your hard work, you were able to experience your graduation in person as opposed to everyone else you came to this college with <laughs> who had to graduate much like me and you were on Skype right now. Yep. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> that, wow!
1: That's like the one time I didn't play myself, and I'm so proud of myself for
0: that. Yo, that outside of whatever the whatever the uh, on the spectrum of playing yourself, whatever the other end of the spectrum of playing yourself is, that's what you did. Like yeah, that's, that's a chess. Not really that is a chess move. Yeah. Before it was even. That's a checkmate before the game started. <laughs> like. Oh my god. All right. Let me call let me let me get back to reality. Because <laughs> what are, the odds? <laughs> like,
1: what are the odds? I know. I know. I still kind of can't believe it sometimes, but I like, mean everything happens for a reason. So through your
0: it. hard work, you beat the apocalypse. Like I hope you flex with your grandkids on that shit. Like our know. grandparents tell us every time the story every time their story starts they had to walk one mile further in snow to get mm. where they needed to go. That's why I hope y'all be like, hey man, I graduated in point five years from college and I was able to beat the coronavirus with my left <laughs> piggy. Like I hope it evolves to so that by the time you're like
1: eighty. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, listen, if I don't exaggerate a little bit, I'm not doing it right. So
0: Exactly, exactly. So Hello beloveds. I know a little different of an ad this time, but we're trying to reach out to more companies. So if you are or know someone who is a black business owner, please let them know that there is a podcast that is looking for sponsors. So if you will or are willing to sponsor this podcast, please give me a shout at the KKPEE at gmail.com. That's the K-K-P-E-E at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. Exactly. So your time at Stevenson was shorter than others, but I still feel the need to ask the question. Compare Mustang Day Natalie to graduation day Natalie. Wow. I love how that's every everybody who I ask this question starts the same way every time or a la- y'all gonna that's break. that's a your big teeth comparison you gonna break your teeth if y'all keep sucking on them like this <laughs> like, like, every
1: single person
0: like
1: listen because for some people the change is more drastic than others but it's still a change nonetheless you uh-huh. know um all right Mustang Day Natalie I was I don't know since you know since you know me personally I don't know if you're gonna believe this but Mustang Day I was like insecure I was kind of scared uh because I mean I'm in a new state I'm at a new school I literally know nobody uh-huh. um, Correction. There was one girl that went to my high school that was at Stevenson, but I didn't know her like that. So basically I knew nobody. Right. Um, I was so generally afraid. And I don't even know of what, because I'm an outgoing person. I do consider myself an extra an extrovert, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. I was I was just not on my game that day. I was not myself. I was very closed off and quiet and Looking back, I really don't know why I was even like that, but graduation day, I <laughs> am—I was so different. I mean, I was walking, I was first get, going around my apartment, cleaning out the rest of my stuff, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, wow, I really did the damn thing.
0: Yes, yeah, you did.
1: It. <laughs> Look at that shit.
0: Yeah, um, I did. If you <laughs> that
1: stunt button. <laughs> <laughs> And I just think graduation day came, I was confident, yet I was calm. I wasn't worried like I was Mustang Day. I was generally just kind of taking, I was just taking everything in, you know? And I do think that the two Natalies are kind of the exact opposite of each other Mm. because of how nervous and worried I was and how insecure I felt Mustang Day to graduation day i woke up and of course my first thought is wow i am the baddest of bitches graduating yes sir Getting yes this sir degree- say it, <laughs> with your chest yes sir <laughs> yes sir so, i like there is just a complete mentality shift and of course for, like for the better and i am so grateful for that because i mean i just I did so, I was able to accomplish so much in my time at Steven and I was proud of myself. I was so happy that I was graduating, that I it just felt so good, especially knowing that, like, the family and friends that I, I had that helped guide me through my time, <clears throat> you included, it just, it just felt so great, and I, try I am a completely different person. Youth.
0: Try my best, try <laughs> my best to be an OG, good OG to you, Fessa. A, sh- a, sho- a shoulder to cry on, some jokes to laugh at. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. And uh, and among other things and other experiences that I will not share uh, to the viewing audience because Natalie is professional and has to work very important jobs in the future. So putting her on blast for some of her college actions probably is not the most conducive. No, I know. I know. We'll another time. time hey, it's been a, and a long, time ago. Long, 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 long time. No, no, no time. Long time ago. to both the great Bernie Mac. So. We're at post grad now, so how soon after you graduated did you find a job and know what you were going to do, uh, or just know what you were gonna what the plan was after leaving Stevenson?
1: Um. Well, leaving Stevenson, I knew what my goal was. My goal was to find a job at a law firm near my near me, and uh, you know, just work full time until I go to law school in the fall, mm. which. Um, I am happy to announce that not even two months after graduation, I got a full-time job in my fields. Woo. Um, and I believe it was during my first week at my new job in February, right after Super Bowl actually, um, that I discovered that I was going to law school. So,
0: and where are we going to law school at? As I, I will, prepare the, as I prepare the Jumbo Stump button.
1: I will be going to Widener University Delaware Law School. <laughs>
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. How long is the program and are you specifying in the type of law you want to do or are you just keeping it general?
1: For now, we're going to keep it general, although... Um, my heart does always is always leaning more towards immigration law. That's a that's actually where my where my job is now. We I'm in an immigration and family law firm.
0: Okay.
1: Um, more more on that shortly. Yes. Uh, the program is three years, but knowing me, who knows? Maybe two and a half. <laughs> you never know. Could
0: could be out of there about tomorrow. We never know
1: exactly i'm just she, saying
0: she may hit the gas give her one of the books you read that joint tomorrow give it a final <laughs> you never know. i mean
1: listen so, i gotta go to work tomorrow but maybe this weekend <laughs>
0: there we go there we go <laughs> so i gotta ask immigration and family stuff is such a hot button issue right now well it's kind of fit subsided due to the running Rones, but in, if you look at what's going on in some of these detention centers, especially with the coronavirus going on, and you couple those two things together, it's really a scary, scary scene. So as, as someone who's studying the law for that, I'm assuming our guy Donnie is not your cup of tea. So I'd like you to go with... <laughs> I'm assuming... I'm just just me making you something. So I want you to expound on your views on uh, what's going on down at these ICE centers and the law and the way you're uh, striving to help people in these situations. All
1: right. So I... These detention centers, everything that ICE is doing, it's inhumane. It's a disaster. And I just think that we can do so much better at treating people like people instead of like animals or items that don't belong. I mean, I don't know how heartless, how cold you have to be to want to go into some of these things and think that you're doing it for making our country great. But basically, you're wrong. If you think that locking people up in cages, separate, like tearing families apart and making sure they never see each other again, if you think in any way, shape, or form that that is going to make this country great, you know, the country that was built on oppression and slavery, we're not going to get into that, um, then you're stupid and you're wrong, and I'm not sorry. Now, what I want to do to make it better I don't even think it's possible because people need to open their eyes and realize that every person is a person that is deserving of human rights. Now, is that something I can necessarily change in people? No, but change does start at home. So anytime I see any slight bit of any Honestly, any negative treatment towards another human being, whether I'm at work, which doesn't happen, thank God, but like if I was at work and it happened, mm. um, if I was just walking around my local Target or my local grocery store, mm. you, have to spe- you have to be willing to speak up for people who can't speak up for themselves. And I think that being bilingual helps me do that because there are oftentimes I see people struggling mm. and... It's because they're not, the person that they're trying to speak with or the person that they're interacting with, they're not willing to open their minds to be patient to help these people with their problems. So that's whenever, whenever I see something like that happening, I try to step in because I can't even imagine how it would, how it would feel if I was in their situation and I was somebody who I clearly need help, but there's nobody around. don't necessarily have a place to i'm helping the so one helping out the minority that normally doesn't get any type of assistance so it's honestly just i know it's small but it's better than nothing and who knows maybe if somebody witnesses my act of kindness towards this kind soul maybe it'll spark an interest in them to go and do something good for somebody else so
0: That was such a beautiful answer, first and foremost. And secondly, for anyone I think that any of that was exaggerated at all, Natalie is literally one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Like, (laughs) one of the sweetest, kindest people. So, like, the fact that that's her stance from that point shocks me not one bit. Second part of that is, from doing this podcast, from life, and just different other things, uh, I've noticed that a common thread is it starts with one. Everything in the world starts with one. It starts with one podcast, it starts with one act of kindness. It's the uh, it's a ripple effect, you know? Like you never know. Someone may see you helping an old lady across the street, just use that example. And then you now inspire three other kids to be like, you know what, yo, I'm gonna go ahead next time I see this, that, and the third, I'm gonna go ahead and help them out too. It can be something as little as that or something as grand as I feel like you looking at the general overhaul of people's mind states. As this impossible task. Might not be giving yourself enough credit. Because again it starts with one. You may not be able to change the world. But you may inspire the person that does. You never know.
1: That's all I'm aiming for. Just to make a difference. And help somebody that needs it. And inspire somebody that. Can make a bigger difference.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have to add. So a lot of uh, my favorite politicians at least. Started in law. So have you thought about that at all? Am I going to Yes, answering into
1: politics. You know, there has been a large part of me that has thought about it. Um, actually, a couple years ago, I was, I volunteered on a senator's camp, well, he potential senator's campaign as he was running to be elected. Um, And I spent my summer volunteering for him, getting to know a little bit about the campaign, his campaign, and just the campaign trails themselves. And I don't know. I'm not going to rule it out just yet. I'm going to keep my mind open, especially given that immigration is something I'm so passionate about. Going into politics could really help me make some changes that need to be made. So I'm not voting that out yet. However, I'm not definitely gonna I'm not gonna sell myself short of saying yes or no to if' okay. gonna go into that
0: so the mind is open yes which means I may not be able to have Natalie as my staff lawyer for the PG contact factory because <laughs> he's gonna be too busy trying to change the world for the better the nerve of her how dare she how dare I encourage you don't to change worry
1: her. I'll find you someone good though
0: Oh, good. Bet. Just find mm-hmm. me someone who'll be able to uh, sue people for me when they steal my ideas. I feel like that's going to be my biggest issue. Is <laughs> I'm so excited to tell people all the good ideas I have. And someone's going to be on a voice recorder and just steal my shit. like just.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, maybe come up with like a more secure way to keep your ideas safe.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? I'm only discussing keeping it on a need-to-know basis. I've been watching a lot of The Wire and a lot of the drug talk is like, keep it on the load. Don't give too much information. So I'm starting to embed that in myself for the better. For the better.
1: I mean, sometimes the best way to take care of it. Don't here.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I got a couple more questions for you. These are going to be more fun. These finish getting a little heavy. But you are a very big music head. Not like a uh, modern day listening to the top 40 charts. Like, nah. I asked her her favorite song one day, and she told me something by Bruce Springsteen I'd never heard before. (laughs) Music, yeah, like, the music bag is deep. So I have to ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore musical artist?
1: Oof, that is a rough one. Um...
0: And before you ask what I mean by musical artist, whatever musical artist means to you.
1: All right, so... If I had to create a Mount Rushmore of musical artists, I would have to, of course, I have to include Michael Jackson up there, because he is the king of all things great. Yes.
0: Um, very much if true.
1: He's, if he's not up there, then that's just a sin. Um, Bradley,
0: he's not in mine. <gasps> I'll, I'll tell you mine afterwards. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So, let's see. We got Michael Jackson... Of course, being the Jersey girl I am, I have to include Bruce Springsteen in there. Of I have to. Of course. <laughs> I also have to include Adele. Nice. Um, just to, you know, tie in some modern yet. you a lot of good for a while. Mm hmm.
0: Okay. Mm hmm.
1: All right. And if I have to put another one up there.
0: That four spot's always the hardest. That's the one people twiddle their thumbs and they're deep in thought. Because it's not really about who makes it. It's about who doesn't. <laughs> it's about... <True>. It, it's <laughs> about, uh, dang, bro, who am I really leaving off my four, and I can sleep at night if, I'm <laughs> if I leave off all of them.
1: All right. I have my fourth and final artist.
0: What's the fourth and final artist? J. Cole. Nice. I knew I was like there got to be a rapper on there somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, there gotta be one, one rapper? At least one. I know you're a and I know you're a big Cole fan. You know what I love about Cole the most? What is J Cole fans love J Cole? Like the connection okay. J Cole has with his fan base is different. Like that,
1: the, it's a whole different breed of fan right there. Like, yeah,
0: like that's why like. He's the rapper that has the closest thing to a beehive, in my opinion. Like the Beyonce yeah. has her hive. J. Cole fans will argue. You can't tell them that he's not better than that he's not better than Drake and Kendrick. You can't. <laughs> they simply will not, they're not going for it. Like they like that's where, cause you know, that's kind of the three-headed monster of our generation, the Drake Kendrick Cole. That's where Cole gets like his attributes are the highest to me. Like the connection to fans level, no matter how big he gets. His fans feel like he's their man so rapping to them about their college issues. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, he is not in my four either. I'm going to right. go, go real quick. Go I got to hear your four. <laughs> Frank Ocean is my favorite artist ever.
1: I did know that.
0: Frank Frank Ocean is <laughs> my favorite artist ever, so he's there. Kanye West before 2011 is there. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> 2011 <laughs> and before Kanye West is there. Quincy Jones, Teddy Ross so, although I didn't have Mike, I got Quincy because, in my opinion, Mike's best work came when he worked with either Quincy or Teddy Riley. That is
1: not that is not a lie. So, I, you know, will, I will give you that.
0: You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like Mike, it, the honorable mentions will be Michael Jackson and Lil Wayne. Like, those are, like, the two that just missed it. Like,
1: I can respect that.
0: I don't sleep well at night knowing that Wayne is not in my Mount Rushmore, by the way. Like, I, it, it hurts my soul because everyone that is born in the mid to late 90s, Little Wayne was your favorite rapper at some point. I don't want to hear otherwise. He was. That is very true. He, he simply is. was. When he was on 300 Features and dropped two albums that went platinum and he hotter than Fish Grease in like that 2006 to 2010 range, those four years? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, <laughs> man. Come on stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so, this one I want to ask for four. I'll just ask for one. You're stranded on an island, Tom Hanks' castaway style. Um, oh, no. beard. Minus the beard, of course, because that would be weird. <laughs> but instead of Wilson you're talking to, you have one album that you have to listen to on repeat. Not like it's playing the whole time, the entire time you're there. Like whenever you want to hear music, this is the only album you can listen to. What is the album?
1: Oh God, um, if I could only listen to one album,
0: you gotta gotta be one. She's she her wheels are turning over there. Like I can like see. hundreds upon hundreds of albums you'll listen to in your life you're just like "Eh, not that one that one maybe Eh."
1: because i mean you know me you know that my musical genres i there's so many to pick from for me so that's why i love
0: asking you this question (laughs) this is a cruel joke (laughs) you know what man i've been i feel like it's part of the hostage you know I gotta set you up with the questions about your life and whatnot, get you talking all sweet, and then I hit you with the haymaker at the
1: end. That's just listen, I know how to block those, so
0: Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> you ain't gonna block this one though. No, I want my answer.
1: I know. Um
0: For those that can't for those that are listening, I just lean them closer. <laughs> sometimes I gotta rem- sometimes I do mannerisms. But I have to remember that this is mainly a podcast. That's been like a struggle of mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, only one album.
0: Only one album. The wheels are turning. Don't worry, we're going to edit this down so the wait period doesn't seem as long.
1: All right, my bad, my bad, my bad.
0: No, All you're right, great, was... you're good. Take off, again, magical power editing. I'll take this down as much as I need to. <laughs> All
1: right, I think only one album. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I think I might have to. I might have to go with Drake on
0: this one. The which Drake album? More life. More life. See, I like that because it's thirty songs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It might not be Drake's best project, but at least you're not going to be listening to the same ten songs.
1: Exactly, and plus he got there's at least a song for every mood on there.
0: So there we go. And that's and again with someone with as vast a musical genre liking as you do, it's right up your alley. Exactly. Right up your alley. All right. So we have reached the final segment of the show. As stolen from a Miss Jamel Hill, please come on the podcast. I will ask you every single episode until you do. I just want to kick it, man. I'm a fan. I want to rock with you. I want to get get you here for an hour. Let's talk via Skype or FaceTime, whatever you're comfortable with, Miss Hill. You know, we can go ahead and get on that. Miss Hill, she has a husband, she has a hus- She's recently married. I forgot her uh, married last name. Forgive me for my side boo the moment it's over, so I do not make that mistake again. However, <laughs> it's called this or that. You have two options. There is no third option. There is no caveats. There is no. But then Tuesdays I like to No. <laughs> Two options. Do I make myself? All right, all
1: right. I'm ready for it.
0: I gotta start off with a question that has plagued and split the Black community for years: sweet or savory grits?
1: Savory. All of oh, savory.
0: Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I thought <laughs> this friendship was going so well, Natalie. I was very, I was very concerned that uh, <laughs> that this could be where it turned. I used to say sugar or salty grits. But people somehow interpreted that as people just, you just throwing salt in your grits and going about your day. No. Yeah, no one does that. Don't do that. If you do that, you're a sociopath. But if... if you do
1: know. that, you're wrong.
0: Next. Another one that has split the community. Denzel Washington or Mr. Willard Smith.
1: Oh. Mm. You know, I am going to have to go with Mr. Denzel. Ah, uh, Strictly. Strictly because he's still going. He's still in his prime, you know? Is he, though? I Listen, remember the Titans? You can't tell me. You can't tell me. You can't no, tell you me said it still, and You said
0: still in his prime. So to he me, is. that means Denzel is still putting out his movies.
1: Okay. He slowed a little recently, but he's still doing good.
0: Oh, yeah. De- listen. These are two actors are always gonna be doing good. We're just comparing them to themselves. <laughs> like, Will Smith <laughs> used to have a blockbuster movie every summer. He's not that guy anymore, but he's still doing pretty well for himself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, well, I'll give him credit because, you know, he is raising his two kids. So I'll respect, I'll respect that.
0: I respect that. Oh yeah. That. I love listen, the the Smith family, I want to do like a whole case study on them one day because <laughs> Because, mainly because, and not to get too deep for a second, because it is so rare that black kids are able to have that much freedom of just expression, Mm -hmm. and to see how beautiful it became with Jaden and Willow and what they're doing in life, bro, like, whole case study needs to be done on that. Because, in the black community, sometimes we be a little too strict with our kids, you don't do this, don't do that, we beating them for all types of, Now the Smiths, and look what happened. Granted, there's also like a couple hundred millions of reasons why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why uh, you know we got a little just different desired result. But I do think there's something to the whole freedom thing.
1: I think there is too.
0: And sadly, this has to come to an end. Natalie, you have been amazing as my guest. I hope that all the little girls listening to this can know that you too can strive for excellence. Be a lawyer and go argue out all these dudes, man. Y'all are already better than arguing at us anyway. You might as well. <laughs> might as well go get paid for it. Shit. Just say. Go do something. Do professional. Why not? So, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining me. You are much appreciated.
1: Thank you for having me, Kevin. It was it was a pleasure to be here.
0: The pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. So, for my guest, Miss Natalie Hopkins. For myself, the hostess with the mostest, brother beloved, also known as Kevin K. Pierce. This has been Experiment 301. We will talk to y'all next episode.